What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Brett Nobles. You are back. I am back. We are back. This is the Talk of Sheep podcast. We are coming at you. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Brett Nobles, bringing you another episode of the Talk is Sheet podcast. I am not alone. They're among us. Or, he's among us. What's up, Big Brandon? What's happening, brother? Man. Um, I'm kind of wildly unprepared. So. Yeah, that's how we live life, right? <laughs> I mean, it's worked, it's worked, this, worked this far, right? So, so far, so good. Yeah, so far, so good. Um... Uh, I'm not a fan of flying by the seam of my pants, but that's the story of my life, so uh, welcome. Um, today's episode is Brandon and I, of course, and life lessons learned through a song, my man. Uh, we've done the country music rendition of this before, me and John McGraw. Uh, had a lot of feedback for that. A lot of people had a, <laughs> a lot to say, and I was like, I'd love to do that. Yeah. So if that's you, hit me up. Uh, we'll talk about it. Maybe. <laughs> but, uh, nah, man, I know me and you vibe with music. Music's a yeah. big, integral part to to life. What you put in your head and then it kind of, we had men's group last night and that was one thing we talked about. Whatever you put in your in between your ears, it's in your head. Yeah. You know, if you put it in, it's coming out. Yeah. So if you listen to, I want to kill you, I want to kill you, I want to kill you, I'm probably going to want to kill you. By only, before, only at the gym. Only at the gym, right. At the gym. Yeah, it's the only time we listen to murder music. So, uh, so nice. yeah, so today is... About music, it's about songs, and one thing I can tell you for sure, Brandon and I are very unique when it comes to what we listen to, um, very wide variety. Before we hit record, we were sharing music with one another, <laughs> and uh, yeah, again, either need the straight jacket or been in the straight jacket, I think was what Terry kind of referenced before when it comes to the, the musical uh, selection. So I'm excited, <laughs> man. What about yourself? How's it going? No, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited for this one, um, mostly because we settled on like not specific genre. So it's going to be, if we made a playlist out of just these songs, it's going to get a little weird. Yeah, we uh, the whole genre thing, like for me, I will not be speaking about Christian, gospel, contemporary, you know, faith music, so to say. Yeah. Because that's all I listen to now. And, like, we could do a whole other podcast about, like, what song do I like to pray to? What song do I like to worship to? What song do I listen to going down the road? Yeah. What song did I grow up? You know what I mean? Like, I could, yeah, yeah, yeah. we could talk about this for a long time, right? That's a, that's a three-hour podcast. Why is Amazing Grace the greatest song ever written? Because everybody knows it. Everybody has a feeling. I don't care who you are. When Amazing Grace plays, you go funeral. You go my first time at church. You go my grandma singing to me. Your wedding. Like, you name it, and there you go, right? That's just one of those things. It's like almost like Coolio's Gangsters in Paradise. You have a memory of it. Everybody has a memory of it. (laughs) So uh, before we uh, jump off completely out of the, off the rails on this uh, wild track of whatever we're going to call this today, uh, let's take a quick break, gather our thoughts, and have a little bit of structure. Some, <laughs> some idea. Some idea. Welcome back. Um, my first song, man. Uh, a song that came out when we were high school. Yeah, high school. Um, 
Yeah. Roughly. Chris Daltrey, American Idol, bald guy, right? Rocker. He uh, I don't, he didn't win. He come in like third or fourth in American Idol. I think so, but as far as American Idol goes, it's almost better not to. Yeah, I to mean, that's, that's you been tend to have the bigger career. That's right. Um, he come out with his first hit, right? Home. And I was a fan forevermore, right? Even to this day, a big fan of Daltrey's music. Uh, yeah. The band, I know... Um, not near. You don't hear as much about him as as you did then. But his song "Home," um, it resonates with me in different areas. Back then, I thought from a spiritual sense, right? I always thought spiritually and like the eternal, like going home, like that's the thing. You, the old yeah. gospel songs always talked about, you know, up yonder in the sky. And to me, this was his modern take on it with a rock version. Um, but. When my parents passed away and the house that I grew up in was no longer the house that I grew up in, it's no longer in my family, right? Yeah. I realized really quickly and was you know easy for me to separate was that's not home. Home was the people in the house, right? And for me, my family lives under my confines at my house, right? Under my roof. That's home. Yeah. For me, that song, um, like we were just talking about off off mic, I have a playlist called The Dumpster Fire of Nostalgia that's nothing but music that was like radio popular when we were in school and <clears throat> that's on there and well, of course <laughs> living you know that vagabond lifestyle I had like being far away from Mobile far away from people but I thought I actually th- I've thought about that song a lot since uh, my uncle's you know they're getting ready to to sell my grandmother's house now that she's gone and like I thought about buying that house but I looked into it and um, could have, and it just settled on me that, like, I went in one day, and my uncle had, like, redone all the floors, and he redone the walls, and it looks great, but... That's not me, me and Popsy. It's not, and you realize that it's, you know, home's not a place, it's a people. Yes. And and for me, as far as, like, found family and things like that goes, like, it's not people you share a name with all the time. Like, sometimes it's your friends, sometimes it's your church, sometimes whatever, but home, I think, is a concept, that's good. That I really dig with with that song. Home's that feeling, right? It's that you know, yeah. you and I catch catch breakfast at the Hickory Pit, or you and I go eat Chinese buffet, or you and I wherever we go eat. That's home, right? That's the when you've got that feeling. Food always draws people together, right? But then it's the people you're with. There's a um, there's a song by a band called um, I think it's a band called The Head and the Heart, but uh, the song's called Lost in My Mind. But he says. Uh, Mama once told me, you're already home any place you feel loved. Yeah. And that that kind of plays on that to me, is that home's, home's not an address, dude. It's a it's a feeling. It's a place. Yeah, so shout out Daltrey. It's a place here, I guess. <laughs> That's right. right. It's, that, it's where you're at, right? It's that feeling. So shout out Daltrey's home. Like I said, probably his biggest hit. And uh, one of my all-time classics, bro. What you got? So playing off that, because I've got my list right here in front of me. So playing off that... Um, is a is a song called um, "Hopeless Wander" by Mumford and Sons, and the, the only reason this is really on there is again that kind of transient lifestyle I had. There's a line in the song where he says, uh, "I'm a, I will learn to love the skies I'm under," and a lot of times in Memphis or at Ole Miss or whatever for me, I found that I enjoy 
a place better if I'm not sitting hyper focused on like I'm kind of homesick. I want to go back to the coast. I want to if I lean in really hard and say I'm going to learn to love this place, then um, um, that I do really well with it. But that whole song is really good. It, it's it's a good little bop. It's the wayward son, huh? Always. Not quite Kansas, but... Always. Well, Kansas, Kansas didn't make the list because it's tied to some pretty specific memories as a kid. <laughs> but um, that kind of any concept about being a quote-unquote road dog is is, um, is big for me. So, oh, yeah. But that plays off what you were just talking about as, uh, you know, I learned to love this guy's wonder. Um, and home is home, you know? Home is home. I like that. Um, there's a great movie called Home about this alien named O. Um, anyways, <laughs> anyways, uh, anyways uh, Aloe Black had the song called The Man, and he pretty much just hypes himself up, right? I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. He talks about everything he's been through. He talks about how people doubted. Talks about how people, I'm not going to say look down, but maybe underestimated. Mm-hmm. And one line he says, I've believed every lie I've ever told, right? He's he's his biggest hype man. And I, and I love that, right? It's the There's a Muhammad Ali quote, right? He's like, I'm the greatest. And I said it a long time before I ever believed it. That's right, dude. And that's the, to me, that's that ILO Black thing. It's the, I've said it enough to I believe it, like you just said. Uh, mm-hmm. Mindset. Um I'm my own number one fan, no matter what anybody else, you know, I appreciate if you support, I appreciate if you're there, but I don't have that. Like I'm not my number one. Fan. I'm my number one fan. I think my wife is, is probably like, she's my hype guy. Um, oh, I'm, my wife is my hype is a hyper, but I, before my wife, I was still there. Right. Like I, I've been hyping myself since day one. And now, <laughs> now granted that's a double edged sword because when it comes to critics, I'm my worst critic as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, it, it cuts deep when it cuts, right? But uh, yeah. Terrell Owens once said, "I love me some me." So uh, <laughs> there you go. And for me, that song kind of embodies that. Like, if you ever get to the point where like you're feeling down on yourself and you're like, you know what, I don't have it together. I don't got it going on. Well, guess what? I pop that track and I'm I hit the man, it. I'm right? the man. And, and dude, he just goes into it, and no matter what the critics say, boom, right. Yeah. And to me, that uh, and it's got like a little nice vibe to it, real clean, wholesome song. And he just lets you know, hey, straight off Jump Street, I'm the man. That's probably been on a gym playlist you shared with me. Before. It, it has a few times. <laughs> so, uh, but no, nah, man, and it's not like to me, you have to have some type of confidence, right? And that was one thing yeah. I lacked as a teenager. Yeah. Um, through the high school years, that was one thing I lacked. Like people now are like, you never shut up. Well, back in high school, I didn't. Talk, I didn't say anything. Didn't right, talk like much. I was more quiet and reserved and kept to myself. I had the three friends that, you know. The same three friends. The same three friends, right? <laughs> and it's like I, I found that confidence and that boldness in myself. I don't even know that it's a confidence. I think it's comfort. I think it's you get the older you get, the more comfortable in your own skin you are. There you are. And you really get to this place of like, I'm not. I'm not softening edges. I'm not dimming the shine. I'm not like what you see is what you get. And if you if you don't rock with it, cool. Right. I'm good with that. Yeah. But like I'm not. I am who I am. Like if that's it, man. If it ain't I, for you, it ain't for you. It, I never want to dim my light to make you feel more comfortable. Right. And that's the thing. That's just like well, it is what it is. Yeah. And uh, as long as I'm called to be this light, I'll be the light. And. People get upset. Well, maybe you shouldn't do this, or maybe you shouldn't share that, or maybe 
I mean, I'm wearing a, a church hurt shirt that, that's talking about church, right? I went to the gym into this morning. Well, maybe that's not what you should do. Well, maybe you should bounce. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe you should maybe, be what it is. Maybe you should do you, and I'm gonna keep doing me. Like, hey, I'm no, I'm I'm a big fan of one of like singing your own virtues, especially if you weren't always like super confident. So like, it took me a long time. And now I have to rein it in a little bit because I feel like I'm, sometimes I feel like I went too far the other way with it, but like competitive weightlifting and I was good at it, very good at it. So I say this with as much humility as I can muster with it. Unless you hang out with some world-class people, I'm probably the strongest person you know. Yeah. And like for a long time, I'd be like, oh, you know, comparing myself to these guys that are super world-class and I'd be like, oh, I'm not as good as that. I'm not as good as that. And my wife would be like, yeah, but. Yeah, you still have a skill. What's set. the measuring stick, right? I mean, if I'm for me, it's my dad. If it's Muhammad Ali that you're, you know, okay, yeah, 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 right. That's confidence. That's that's on a whole nother level. And when you have, it's not cocky if you back it up, right? Well, right. And you, it, what what's the yardstick? Yeah. And so for me, that number was always like, oh, I'm not as strong as my dad. And then, well, my dad held world champions championships yeah. when it came to, to powerlifting. But when you walk into a gym or you walk into an office or whatever it is, you have to be able to go, here's my skill set. Here's my resume. Yeah. And like, I'm, there's no, there's no fake bullet points on this. Yeah. You know, if I tell you who I am, it is who I am. And, um, so I think that there's, I don't know. I think that's a lesson I really wish a lot of people picked up younger because it took me a while. I like that. The fake bullet points. I had a conversation with a coworker yesterday. We're getting out from the weeds, people, because that's what we do. Side quest. Um, side quest. This whole, this whole production is a side that's quest. That's right. The whole podcast has been a side quest of life. <laughs> um, we were talking about how these men, because me and this guy is, you know, late 20s, mid 30s, and we were talking about how these gentlemen always share with us their work experience. Yeah. And it's like, dude, you ain't but 10 years older. You've worked enough. You, your past experience has said me years. Where's the lie? Yeah. Right? You haven't worked 19 jobs. Yeah. Even, I mean, if you have, you got problems. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but, you know, you was a, a master of everything. Whoa. And I, I know a lot of that is the ego, right? That's one thing. For, and I'm not going to – I'll go ahead and say this from that generation. I mean, there's a, the, the people 10 to 15 years older than you and I, their parents were rough on them. And then they want to look down on us, and they're like, oh, well, this generation don't want to work. Well, you raised us, fool. So uh, <laughs> what you expect? Your parents went soft on it's, you, and then you got soft. It's a it's a commentary thing, right? Like, it's somebody was super-duper hard on you, so you were super-duper soft on somebody. And I, I was having a conversation with my boss one day. My, my boss is um, raising his grandchildren. And um, my boss is an old-school dude. And like, he was talking about being hard on one of the kids because they'd grown up super given everything not having to earn it and the, the kids getting into martial arts and and my boss is, is a martial artist and was like hey you know if you don't practice if you don't train you're going to continue sucking sucker like if you're if you're not willing to put in the effort here and so I, we had another coworker who was like well, that just seems kind of mean and I was like here's the thing is it, it even to the kid it, like it feels that way right now but 10 years from now, when he's got enough experience to look at the soft portion of his life and then what his granddad's doing, he's going to go, yeah, that was hard. Yeah. But it, I'm better for that. Yeah. But that fake bullet point on the resume, man, like, 
there's an often I crave authenticity in everything, right? And Welcome not, to the Talk of Sheet podcast. Yeah, you know, um, one of the mottos. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's if I put the resume out there, I got no reason to lie to it because hey. at this point we're you know we're in our 30s, so it's like my resume reads what it reads. I can't do everything. No. I, I worked I worked as a bodyguard. I worked high end security, and I've worked in a creative design environment now. My resume is pretty straightforward, but what I can do, I can do really well. Right. Well, just on the phone, right? Uh, I've got, I showed you, I got some shingles on my roof. I'm not a roofer. First off, I'm scared of heights. Like, I stood on the roof. That's about as far as I got. <laughs> and you were like, I'm out. This yeah. Is- well, Drayton's like, are you going to die? I'm like, yes, I feel like I'm going to die <laughs> if I don't poop myself first. So, getting off the, just getting off the roof. So, uh, I know I'm not fit for that. That's not me. And then the side of the roof that needs some work has got a, a little, you know, elevation, got a little slope. And I'm like, oh, definitely not. <laughs> not at I all. can look at it, stand it on this ground out here and go, I'm getting seasick. No, thank yeah, you. Yeah, on the ground with the binoculars. Like, oh, I'm getting sick, right? Yeah. Uh, that's not my skill set, right? So yeah. what do you do? You go get somebody that knows what they're doing. So shout out to any good roofers out there. Hit me up. Uh, if you hear this and Brett, uh, Brett's And the roof looking. is not fixed yet. Hey, hit me up. But like. Know your strengths, right? That's one thing um, I kind of pitched to the teenagers Wednesday night. I talked about relationships and focus on the one, not the one that you know you're going to spend your life with, but the relationship, the one that matters, right? And God wants to develop you, especially in these teenage years, to be the best you possible. God is here to you know to take those edges, round them off, to find them strong suits, and for you as a teenager, for us in our thirties. We know what our weaknesses are, so we work on those. But we also know where our strengths are. So it's like, hey, if you need a bodyguard, Brandon's right here. Well, I think you talk about you, you know using your teenage years as this like refining period. And I really wish I would have looked at it like that. But I think when you get comfortable and confident in what you do well, it gets a little easier to look at the things you don't do well and go, mm. I'm not going to hide this. Yeah, I'm going to hammer this. You know, turning it back to weightlifting. I've got gorilla arms. My arms are very long. I suck at bench press. I suck at it. So what did I do for two straight years? I trained bench three times a week because, no, I'm not going to suck at this. My dad could bench almost 600 pounds. Like, no, I'm not going to suck at this. So it goes back to Paul Heyman's business acumen when he ran the bingo hall known as ECW, right? You (laughs) accentuate the positives and you hide the negatives. But to me, when you have the negatives, you take them, you go put them in the closet. You don't forget about them. You go work on them in secret, right? When, when nobody's looking, That's you right. pull them out of the closet right. and you hammer it. When you suck at something or when you're not that good at something, like, hey, it's one of those things where, for me, that's a motivation. That's a driving force for me. Like, oh, okay, I can't do this. This is great. I love when people say, you can't or why would you, right? Oh, why nothing, do that? Nothing. Why? Nothing motivates me more than you can't. Come on. You can't. Yeah, I can't. Watch me. Yeah. I'm so much my mother's child when it comes to that because my mom's that way. I might die trying. Oh, yeah. I mean. that And that, that plays into one of my songs. Let's take a quick break and we'll bring it right back. We are back. I'm the man. Just happens to be right so uh man i love it the uh he says god broke the mold right 
God made the mold and then he broke the mold. So I know I'm blessed. Yeah. Like, man, good stuff. Uh, so let's bring it back around, man. What you got for us? I know uh, we left off kind of a cliffhanger. Um, my next one playing off that, that idea of like weaknesses and getting over it is a song by Motorhead and you know it's going to be Motorhead. <laughs> I'm an, I'm an, I'm an old school metalhead cause it's what I came up on, but it's a song called victory or die. Um, and it's, um, it's, it's a profane song. There's some explicit lyrics to it. Um, but there's a there's a line in it that says, uh, "What have you seen? We don't know where you've been. Life so often blows your candle out. Believe in what's right." But the whole concept of there is like, victory or die. It's the only options you got. I don't lose. I just learn. Right. I either win or I learn. And I wish again going back to it when I was younger, I would have accepted that like weaknesses are things we need to overcome. But then that kind of hard headed, I'm not gonna lose. I might lose, right? Let me rephrase that. I might lose, but you're not. You're gonna have to beat. Die trying. You're gonna have to beat me. I'm not gonna quit. You're gonna have to beat me. It's the burn the plow mentality. Yeah. Well, it's it's the to use the Viking phrase. It's the burn the ships, baby. Well, that's what I was about to get to Alexander Cortez. So I, I had a a message, um, God put on my heart when I was trying to prepare for like the end of the year. Yeah. I never got around to speaking. I got the notes in my book bag, but uh. It was about burning the plow. Elijah and Elisha, when he, he placed the mantle in the calling, right? And he goes back and burns the plow. Cause it's like, hey, look, just in case I'm tempted to come back to this crap, I'm going to burn it so there's nothing to come back to. So it goes to where, you know, um, the conquistadors and Alexander Cortez, and they bring the ships, and they had the numbers, and he gets there, and it's like, how do you motivate your men? Yeah. Hey, go back and burn the ships. They're like, what the heck do you mean burn the ships? He's like, look, either you go that way and win or we die. Period. Burn the ships. <laughs> yeah. Dude, there's this... Um, Bro, what? With that sort of mentality, there's this like uh, samurai stuff, right? Um, Miyamoto Musashi uh, undefeated in like 200-something duels. And in his final duel at Ganryu Island, which is which also one of my favorite samurai movies, the guy he's fighting like throws his sheath away. And Musashi just goes, yeah, you're not going to be alive long enough to put your sword back in. So, smart move. Smart move. Right? So, like that mentality of like... No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm not going to quit. Yeah. I may fail. I may learn from it. But you're going to have to beat me. So he pretty much was like, yeah, I'm going to die here. Like, Well, and Musashi, Musashi was he was kind of a gangster, dude, because like, he wasn't a samurai who was noble from birth. Like He was a commoner who kind of rose up. Ascended. And he created his own style of fighting using two swords and he's two a Tom, swords. He's the Tom Cruise from Last Samurai. He's probably the Katsumoto from Last Samurai. <laughs> but the, I've always loved that sort of like... <laughs> Oh man! There's an old naval tradition in uh, in the the era of piracy, where if if a vessel was getting its butt kicked hard enough, they'd run their colors down, they'd lower their flag and leave. Mm-hmm. But there was uh, um, uh, John Paul Jones, I think, the naval captain had a habit of if they were engaging with pirates, he would nail the colors to the mast so they couldn't be lowered, and he would say, "Uh." Uh-uh. Yeah. And he's also the guy who very famously, his ship's on fire, and he's like, the ships are like ramming each other, and the opposite captain goes, are you ready to surrender? John JPJ's ship is on fire, and he screams across, I've not yet begun to fight. Yeah. So I've loved that sort of fierce, ferocious victory or death. Yeah. Like, that there's there's no quit in me, so you're going to have to beat me. I might look stupid, and I might be stupid. But. To a fault, but you're not beating me. And then there's the... 
there's a line from Rocky, I think it's like Rocky Four, where Adrian, of course, is always like, you can't win. Which she tells her husband that like all the time, and you're like, you a loser. And he goes, and he's fighting Ivan Drago, right? Who's just killed a man in the ring. And he's like... No big deal. He's like... Um, Murder in the ring. He's like, maybe you're right. But to beat me, he's going to have to stand in front of me. And to stand in front of me, he's got to be willing to die for it. Because I am. And I don't think he's willing to die for it. It's amazing how boxing movies get so so intense. Because if you watch boxing now, it's nothing like that. When I boxed as a kid, it, like it, I don't know. There's a glory to it, right? There's a, There's a really kind of a... A beauty to this contest of wills, really. It's yeah. all boxing, really. You got to who's going to break first, right? Um, good stuff, dude. I like it. It's really motivating me. I feel like I need to do like some some sit ups or push ups right now, or like, yeah. or jog or something. Dun 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 dun. Okay. Um, next up, classic. I know we both uh, grew up on this, right? Yeah. Mr. Benny King, Stand mm-hmm. by Me. Um. Stand by me when you're not strong. I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on, right? It's or is that the, that's, that's, that's that's the lean on me, on me right? But it's the same, it's the same song. song, right? And that's what we were both talking about with Bill Withers. Like, they're this. I love Bill Withers, though. Yeah, and I love Bill Withers. When I, when I was listening to both these songs earlier, I was like trying to take notes because I'm like, well, of course. They, but then I'm like, it's the same song. I'm not sure when which one was recorded first, and I'm sure there were some issues before. Uh, but I mean. Florence and the Machine does a cut of Stand By Me that rules. Really? Yeah. Um, I love Florence and the Machine. More, more heavy? More heavy no, hitting, no, I no, guess? No, no, no. no. It's, it's Florence and the Machine, she's got a really, like, kind of ethereal, spectral voice that, like, it's really... I think it's it might be the one they use in the Power Rangers movie when, like, the kid's dying or whatever. But ah. it's, it's, it's good. It's good. So let's see. Stand By Me was 1962. Okay. Um, so that's a long time ago. Yeah. And Mr. Bill Withers was 1972. Okay, Bill, so you copied. No big deal. No one cares, right? Both really good songs. Um, obviously, depends on who you are, which one you vibe with the most, but I really feel like everybody knows both songs. They've been covered 101 song, 101 times, right? Like, everybody's covered the song. There's different you know pop groups there's like emo groups um you name it it's been done yeah and um one of course is obviously more the love song would stand by me you know in the sky I look upon to tremble and fall my friend my friend damien proposed with that song and like just crushed it really just crushed it yeah it's really good i mean it's it's that's the ultimate, to me, love power ballad for that, right? It's really sentimental. Mm-hmm. It's very short. <laughs> it's a short song. Um, but the, I won't be afraid. I won't be afraid as long as you stand by me, right? And it's that for, for a husband to a wife, what better way to, I guess, propose or even have a vow? Like, hey, if you're, if you're going to give your wife some vows, here you go, right? Stand by me. You just stand by me no matter what we go through. Stand by me and look where we're at. Um, and of course, lean on me is the, to me more of the, not necessarily the relationship, maybe more of the friendship, but, um, mm-hmm. I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. I mean, he freaking says it in the song, bro. It's there. So I'm going to piggyback off of yours for my next one. Since right. We're talking good love songs here. Oh. I love a good love song, dude. I really do. Um, but there is a pretty upbeat one by Drew Holcomb, who I love called The Wine We Drink. 
and um, and it's just talking about um, it's just talking about kind of a good relationship between him and his wife. If you don't listen to Drew and Ellie Holcomb, you need to. Um, they're originally from Memphis, Tennessee. They live in Nashville now. They do a lot of, of good kind of folksy music. Um, they work with a lot of Christian artists. Um, Drew's done a lot of stuff with like Johnny Swim and a few others. And Ellie's got one of the best voices in music. Like, love them. Some of my favorite music. Uh, my friends in Memphis turned me on to them. As a matter of fact, my friend Lexi was like, she sent me a song by Drew Holcomb called Dragons. And she's like, this is we a brand new song. Dragons. Well, the entire concept is a, the, the whole song is about a conversation between a kid and his grandpa, where his grandpa says, you know, take a few chances, a few worthy romances, and go slay all the dragons that stand in your way. That's awesome. Um, but the song that, that I'm thinking here is a song called The Wine We Drink. Um, uh, and he says, it's, it's just about a loving relationship. And he says, it's in the wine we drink, dirty dishes in the kitchen sink. The lights go out till the sun comes up. We're not alone. Uh, it's in the miles we drive, never having to say goodbye to the things we tell each other without saying a word. You're the one thing that I know. And I found that, like, I just love a good love song. It's simple. I don't like the big fancy love songs are great, but I love a love song that's like, I was having this conversation one day, can't even remember with who. You and Morgan have been together 12, 13, 14 years? 15. Almost. Right? 15 years. No. Yeah. When did you start dating? We started dating in 2010. That's thirteen. 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 Because yeah. I think you and you and Morgan started dating right when we meet right around. The same yeah. Time. Okay. So it is thirteen. I'm saying fifteen because I mean you're trying to jump ahead. My life is just you know it's turning into a blur. <laughs> well, um, you know. But no, I. So married eight. So that's right. Eight, and we dated for five. So that's right. Thirteen. There's, oh, storming. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a beauty I think in like when you're falling in love and everything's like white hot passion all the time. But I found dude, like at 13 years, I love what it's turned into. Yeah. I love this sort of like, I never question the woman laying next to me. Yep. I look at this person and I go, I don't have to wonder if you'd walk away in my worst moments. You've seen them all. You've been right here with me. That's right. I love, I love love. Brandon loves love, dude. Like I'm like Terry Crews from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brandon loves love. I love it. So, <laughs> I love a good love song. I love a simple love song. Yeah. Um, piggybacking off this one, um, there's a song by Brooks and Dunn, and that's what she gets, that I think is, if you don't know how to be a good husband, there it is. Kicks, yeah. kicks Brooks and Ronnie Dunn know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> if this don't get your motor crump, well, then here you go. You learn to listen off Brooks and Dunn, baby. All the best ones. Um, that's awesome, dude. I'm a hopeless romantic, so I've always loved love songs. Yeah, dude. Brandon loves love. Brett loves love. Wow. Talk is sheep. Loves love. We love love. Um, it's gonna be one of the first merch shirts we do. Yeah, it's just, we love, 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 we love, love, we love, love. Um, we love everybody, right? For the most part. Um, nah, man, I think that's awesome. I think I agree with you. The simple, the, I guess that's why for me the '80s and '90s country music love songs have always been the ones that kind of was like my ideal. Like, hey, you know, hopeless romantic. This is the um, George Strait carrying your love with me, like. Yeah. No matter where I go, here you are, right? And that's just like, wow, that's awesome, right? I've learned a lot from a guy in Wrangler blue jeans and a cowboy hat. I just love that sentiment, that old school. It's an old school literary device, but I kind of love that like rugged individual who's absolutely shamelessly in love, right? Like the old school Hemingway, 
I'm in the war and I'm in the, I'm, uh, you know, I'm hunting in Africa or I'm whatever it is. But there's this I'm person a big green monster. Me. Yeah, dude. Like the I, <laughs> I love, and I feel like pop culture in the early 2000s, mid 2000s kind of killed it. It made it cool to be cold and whatever to people. But dude, like, no, man, like being in love is rad. And I, you're seeing a resurgence of that in modern media. Um, the quickest thing, if you if you're a Yellowstone fan, like these big Ugh. these big cowboys who were like in love and like wildly in love and say it, because here's the the real deal is like I watched my parents sit across the room from each other, the last probably five or six years they were married, and it wasn't even a question anymore. I was like, these people hate each other. Oh yeah, these people hate each other. But when I looked at my grandparents, I was like, dude, my granddad was in love with my grandmother, and I mean in love with my grandmother until the day he died. Yep, and like. So if you're a young man listening to this and you're in a relationship, tell her you love her. Dude, show her you love go her. Go back to your grandparents real quick. Your wedding, I remember um, Popsy had been sick and Mimi was like, I think Josh ended up getting his plate of food. But I remember I went over because I seen Josh get the plate and I said, hey, Josh is getting you some food. And he got aggravated. Yeah. Why, why isn't she getting her plate first? Yep. Don't worry about me. I was just like, that's who he was, dude. This is like, here you are. He can't hardly walk. He goes and sits down at the table. Yeah. And I, I, like I said, I think it was Josh got the plate because Mimi and your mom was like, hey, go get him a plate of food. Yeah, he was <laughs> He was having some He was having some issues because like, I got married on the hottest day October it had in like 25 years. Yeah, it was. It, it was 90 it was, degrees. It, and, it, I had a, a sports coat on. I remember it was, it was pretty warm. It, well, it was <laughs> one, of the, one of the reasons all the guys that were like in the party, we ditched the jackets. I was like, no, it's going to be 85 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> no Honestly, way. Morgan and I got married in the middle of June. It was hottest. You states. guys just did. Did you, did you do vests only or did you do full no, suits? No, we did, we did full suits. It was soaking wet when I got done. Did your groomsmen just mug you after the wedding? They should have. <laughs> I tell Morgan all the time, if we ever renew our vows or if I ever get married again, it won't be in June. <laughs> no, and it won't be outside. Mid-December in Colorado. Yes. Like, like we'll have Eskimo, on the ski slopes. We will have Eskimo suits <laughs> on next time. Like, we're going to complete 180, bro. Um, no, I love it, man. I love um, love, love, right? The, love, love, dude. I agree. 13 years in, uh, me and Morgan's been together, been through a lot. I've been like, listening to y'all's podcast lately, so I thought about it on the ride home. Yeah, well, you got to think about this, too. Like, like. From the November 5th episode, Morgan's a hero to the story. Like, I think about, like, dang, she went through all that. Yeah, dude. She, like, carried, she carried it. And with a kid, literally carried it. Um, yeah. Shout out Olivia, baby. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's crazy to think. And why would you do that, love? Yeah. Right. Why, why go through heartache? Why go through pain? Why go through... And that goes to everybody. Like, everybody's relationship has ups and downs and... Um, one thing I heard at a marriage conference one year was um, Casey Doss said at Lot Road that somebody has to be the hero, right? So that might be you accepting blame. That might be you not rebuttaling. That might be you saying, hey, yeah, I forgot to shut the door and the dogs got out and now there's mud in the house. And it's the eating the crow and, you know. Well, I think that there's – I don't know about you, Morgan. And I don't know about anybody else's relationship, but Olivia and I have rules. And you know me, I like rules. I like right and I like wrong. Um, but we have a couple of rules about like arguing because you're going to argue. You're, mm-hmm. you're, gonna, you're not even, I'm not even going to say argue. Uh, you're going to disagree. And I think the difference between a disagreement and an argument is the lens. And for me and Olivia, the number one rule with any disagreement is no matter what we're disagreeing about, at the end of this, it is still you and me versus the world. 
that is you and me taking on the world together. Uh, we don't go to bed angry. We leave it at the door if we have to. Pick it back up and hit me over the head with it tomorrow morning if you got to, but let's leave it at the door so that when we crawl into bed, you know I'm, I'm, I still love you and I'm going to wake up loving you. Um, and we never threaten divorce. Yeah, no. Ever. That was one thing I know, like, from my parents and even your parents, the divorce thing was always, like, the weighing over the head, like, well, and it's like, that was such a freaking 90s, 2000s stigma of oh, yeah, dude. adults, and it's like, it's childish, is what it is. And it does damage the people around you as a well, kid. As a kid, as you, a kid as, right? you watch my parents say, like, if you don't line up with what I want, I'll leave. Yeah. Right, that creates a lot of abandonment issues that me and Olivia have had to work through, it, and that's a number one yeah. thing for us, like, no matter how mad we get at each other, and I am a frustrating person to try to love. Like, I understand that. She's I love be, love, but I'm hard to love. I, My wife would tell you I'm not hard to love. I think that I'm just, I've inherited a double dose of my of stubbornness. No, like, no when doubt. I set myself on a course, I'm on it. And yeah. you're either with it or you need to get out of my way. And I don't have to worry if she, you know, 10 years in, we're talking about that love that's kind of going a long time. Like 10 years, 13 years, 15 years, like she's not going. No. Unless I really screw this up. Yeah. like, and, yes. I, and there's a reliance that I like about that because if you're not committing all the way in, you got one foot out. Yeah. If you're thinking, she's not here to support me, I can't rely on her, I can't lean on her, it means you've already got one foot out. But if you go, this person is, what did you call Morgan in the, when we did November, you, you said she was like a, she's like a bookend holding you yeah. up. Yeah. If you don't have, if you don't have somebody, to, a bookend to hold you up when your spine is failing as a book, you got one foot out. You have to learn to rely on that other person. So I love a good love song that celebrates a strong, healthy relationship. You drive a motorcycle. Yeah. What happens if you don't have a good kickstand? It's going down. It falls over. And it damages itself. And it damages it. So um, you ain't got to be the bookend, but you might need to be a kickstand. You might need to let them lean just a little bit, yeah. but make sure they don't fall over completely. Right. Uh, with that being said, we love love and we're taking a break. back uh, I don't even know what that noise was I, I was gonna go for like NWO Wolfpack but then like my voice cracked yeah it so. sounded like a struggling coyote man <laughs> yes like the one that's lost his mom like yeah. I'm still big and bad but I'm so alone yeah, it's yeah. like Simba roaring at the hyenas like, like he tried it's right? like a, it's like a really sick coyote <laughs> <laughs> he's got the flu <laughs> what's up everybody um we are here life lessons learned through a song not just a country song, but a variety of songs. We've hit some some Lean On Me, some Stand By Me, some uh, Mumford and Sons, right? Yeah. Uh, Drew okay. and Ellie Holcomb. I mean, we're we hitting it hard. So uh, throw another one. Throw that curveball, man. Where are we at? Um, okay. I'm going to throw uh, Bruce Springsteen. Oh, yes. So if you if you're not a fan of Bruce Springsteen, which I understand why you're not, you don't have to explain it to me. I get it. <laughs> Inside like Springsteen fan circles, there's two versions of Bruce Springsteen. You either have harmonica Springsteen or saxophone Springsteen. Harmonica Springsteen is sad, always, always sad. Saxophone Springsteen rules. Um, a few years ago, he released one of the best country albums ever written, um, called. Western Stars, and it's a kind of an ode to old school cowboys. There's a song on it called Hello Sunshine, um, where he says, um, 
It's it's a lot of great sentiments. I'm gonna pull up the lyrics real quick because there's a bunch of different parts of this song I really love. There it was. There it was. And um of course. Won't pull up the actual lyrics. Um but the whole song is about falling in love with things that hurt you and learning not to love them. Learning to learning to to get over it. Um but he says, um, you know, I always liked my walking shoes, but you can get a little too fond of the blues. You walk too far, you walk away. Hello, sunshine, won't you stay? Um, and then for me, the next two parts of the song, he says, you know, I always loved a lonely town. The empty streets, no one around. But if you fall in love with lonely, you end up that way. And then you always know, you know, I always like that empty road. No place to be in miles to go. But miles to go is miles away. Wow. So I love that song because of, I don't know, dude, it's the motorcyclist in me. It's, I love traveling. I love, this plays back into the first thing we talked about. I love traveling. I love photography. I love poetry. I love writing. I love camping. I love taking photos of places and experiences. With your motorcycle. Yeah. But it's all for nothing. Yeah. If you don't have a place to come home to, a person to come home to. And it's so, like these songs are tying themselves together. Well, there's definitely up. themes that develop in our lives as to what we're about. Um, but I, I, I heard this song when I was in Memphis because I kind of hardened my Walking heart a little bit. Walking in Memphis, dude, you get beat up for this. Song. <laughs> They'll jump you for it. I listened to that this morning, bro. If somebody's like, "What's your favorite Memphis song?" Your your options are like Johnny Cash, Roy Orbison, or it better be some good hip hop. Otherwise, you're getting jumped. Like um, Justin Timberlake, right? Ain't he? Ain't he Memphis? Dude, that town loves JT. I love JT. <laughs> Don't um, search. Don't just type in Justin on Spotify because it won't pull up Timberlake. No. It pulls up Bieber. <laughs> um, but I listened to this song a lot when I was in Memphis, and it really kind of hammered in. I was kind of romanticizing this loneliness, this very profound loneliness I felt, and I was homesick, and I had to really not fall in love with it. I had to go, okay, no, because if I continue down this road of lonely and kind of glorifying this lonely, solitary existence... It turns into the saliva, I walk alone. Well, it, no, it turns into depression. It turns <laughs> in, it turns into the big sad. Yeah. And a sad that doesn't go away. And I yeah. had to, I had this moment where I just I talked to Olivia and I was like, I got to move home because I miss my friends and I miss my, my mom. And, like, <laughs> like, and Olivia was like, okay, yep, let's go. Like, yeah. Um, so that one's for me. I love good road songs. Yeah. I love a good song. That's about, a drifter song, right? Yeah, man. Um, it's amazing how it's going to play right into the next one, right? Um, one of my favorite uh, classics, I guess they'd be considered a hair band, right? Um, White Snake. Yeah. So I guess not. maybe not even a hair band, maybe you know the European sound. Um, Here I Go Again. Um, I'd heard it in movies. Sure. Loved it. And then I bought my very first karaoke video game for the PlayStation 2. And the very first song that I could beat anybody on was Here I Go Again by Whitesnake. Yes, I played karaoke video games. I've played all video games. I see that look. Brett doesn't discriminate. No, I don't discriminate. Um, The ultimate drifter song, right? It's up there. And um, though I keep searching for an answer, I never seem to find what I'm looking for. Lord, I pray you give me strength to carry on. I mean, that's like the ultimate for me when I first started driving. Like, and you knew I was, I hated driving much like Drayton. So it was like, I would listen to Here I Go Again, going to school and going home. Yeah. I got at least six songs in, seven songs in between 
the house and school. So I was going to listen to that at least once. It was going in. Yeah, dude. I I love a good road trip song, man. I love a good. I've always felt a um, kind of a kinship to like outlaws and vagabonds and drifters, right? Even in like cowboy movies and you know all of that. I've always loved. I've loved adventure. Yeah. And I've lived a life that's had a pretty solid amount of it. But like I love a good song that's like here I go again. So here's your here's your theme song of your life. Perfectly. The next one that plays into this actually is the theme song. <laughs> it, it is the theme song of my life. Um so I'll fire back with uh, Pause, just a moment. Just so everybody knows, Brandon and I put this episode together. By text message about nine thirty ten o'clock last night. Hey man, you want to do life lessons learned through a song? Absolutely, absolutely. You do five, I do five. Hey, does it have a specific genre? Nope. nope. And we talked for all of three minutes. Hey, what's your five? Oh, here it is. Here's my five. And it's amazing to me. And it's um, morphed into more than five. Oh god, gotcha. <laughs> but it's amazing because like every one of them kind of bookend to the other, right? Like home drifters, stand by me. Um, here well, I, I go again. I think it's really interesting the differences and the similarities. Right? Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorite things. Um, so if you do you know who Rodney Crowell is? Yeah. Okay. So anybody listening to this, uh, if you have a favorite country song from the 80s or 90s, there's a solid chance that it was written by Rodney Crowell, even if it wasn't performed by you Rodney You gave Crowell. me. I did. I did. His 16 greatest hit CD. Yeah. And 15 of those greatest hits are songs that were made famous by other people singing his oh, music. The one was the um, Stars Go Blue. Yeah. Tim McGraw had re-released yeah. it, and it was like Rodney Crowell's version was 10 times better. Well, I think there's... To always, me. I think there's... The there's, sound, right? There's always something unique in the original songwriter, which, like, we're not going to get started on my hatred of Morgan Wallen, but anytime somebody's like, oh, cover me up, and I'm like, I'm going to... I'm gonna punch you in the mouth because cover you over these fists. Jason Isbell wrote it for his then his then girlfriend who became his wife, and I've seen Jason Isbell sing it to the woman it was written for, and you go, "That's okay. how the song's meant to be heard." Now, that being said, though, it happens in inverse. I'll use Jason Isbell again. I love the song "Dress Blues," but Zach Brown owns that song now. Is Jason Isbell wrote it, but Zach Brown owns that song. So my next song. Tying into uh, Here I Go Again on My Own is a song called Many a Long and Lonesome Highway. And this next song, there's no real, like, there's no lesson that I'm like, here are the lyrics that are your lesson. But he says, um, in the third, the second verse, he says, I believe in love and danger. I believe the truth is stranger and I believe that fear is much too strong. I believe the best will find me when I leave the rest behind me out on the highway on my own. That's become like my own personal like ethos in my life. I believe in love and danger, right? It's my it's if I think if you look on Instagram, it's actually my bio on Instagram. It's it's that because I love it because if I had to sum myself up with anything, so the one takeaway from this song is have an ethos, yeah, have something that you believe in, and and have a way to kind of define yourself, you know, so that people know what they're dealing you with. You just set me up, bro. You just laid it up, right? You just I can't the, dunk and I can't shoot. It's all I got. So you just laid it up to me. Um, so my mojo moment. Mm-hmm. Y'all hit me spur of the moment, right? Um, and it was like, uh, uh, where am I going to go with this? And one of those songs that I mentioned was by the um, 
polarizing figure known as the Kid of Rock. Yeah. And Lonely Road of Faith. And I know it opens up on one of the first few lines. He's like, unprepared for the storms and the tides that rise. In life, how unprepared, right, do I feel? I know with the Lord's guidance, right, and the protection, I've made it through. But when you face things in life firsthand, it's like, am I? Because you question yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And if you don't, well, power to you. But, I mean, there's moments of weakness. Everybody has it, right? There's chinks in everybody's armor mentally. Again, you know, I'm my biggest hype guy, but I'm also the guy that's going to be like, you sure you can handle this? Number one critic. No one's harder on me than me. Um, though I walk through the valley of darkness, I am not afraid because I know I'm not alone. Right? And and he sings this almost like an old school ballad, right? He's got a few little moments where he goes in a little heavy. It was kind of away from the new metal rap rock thing that he was that doing. That he was doing. And yeah. to me, it was one of those things where I, I can't remember. It came out in like 01, so I'm sure this is like all his drama and crap going on. He's always been... Somewhere in the middle of drama. Yeah. <laughs> um, flipping somebody, provocative's a good word. Yeah, flipping somebody off or, you know, making sex tapes with Pamela Anderson or whatever they're doing. And to me, though, up and down this lonely road of faith, I've been there. And he's just talking about, you know, where's he at? What's he got going on? And I don't know. It's just one of them songs that over the years that is by far my favorite Kid Rock song. I mean... I'm a fan of his music, so especially back in the day, it's hard to listen to now. I kind of cringe. It's like, oh, yeah. There's a lot of stuff from even. I'm not a huge fan of his music now, especially. But like, oh god, no. A lot of stuff where when you were young, you were middle school, you were like, yeah, and then like you hear it as a 25, 30 year old, you go, oh my lord, what? What was I thinking? He hit the line. God is great indeed. If you ever believe, believe in the ever life. Yeah, we got to. Make some sense of the peace that's not defined. And if you just hold on, I won't let you fall. We can make it through the storms and the winds of change. Mm-hmm. And it's like, to all the discredit of who he is as a man, um, me as a faith-filled believer, that just kind of sets me up, right? That was one of those things like, heck yeah, he's he's not one of us, but he made a song that kind of correlates. Well, it's, it, I, you know, as a believer... You can see God moving things that hey, aren't in the church. I watched grass grow through asphalt. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> let's be real, right? Uh, I could, I could, I could use that metaphor for my own heart. Come on, you know, so, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, this, I don't think it's a stretch to to find this. No, the divine in something. That's it. You find faith where you find faith, right? If God had put a coin in the the mouth of a fish, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if He makes a donkey talk. Well, let's, let's be real. Um, you just don't put God in a box, dude. Hey. Just, no matter, because no matter what you think you're, you're... We love love and we don't put God in a box. Come on, somebody. There's another t-shirt. Um, we've got one more song, nothing big, but uh, we're going to come out and send you out right. Let's take one more quick break and come right back. That's a better one. See, that's not a sick coyote. Yeah, I'm glad the coyote made a comeback. Yes, he he, he, he recovered. Went, he went and got some medicine. He, he got went. penicillin. You can't take penicillin. I can't have penicillin. Yeah, but he got penicillin. So he it's probably all good. needed some. <laughs> so I've got one song. Brandon's got one song, and we're gonna call it a day. Well, not really. No, because I've got a, I've got a bonus question. That that's right. I'm not giving you any prep time on. 
So my song um, this is a song called Wheels by Foo Fighters. Hey, I love Dave come Brown. on! I love the Foo Fighters. Um, and the song is about you know the plane going down and you wanting for more. And he says, you know, we all want something better than we wish for something new. Um, he says, um, you feel like it's all over. There's another round for you. And I love that idea a lot. I love that idea, that search of, of meaning and beauty. And then whenever you feel down and out, it's not over. Um, but he said he has a line, you know, broken hearts will mend. And I think the whole song is, is really just kind of an upbeat, positive song. Um, I love a lot of Foo Fighters, but that song um, stamped on a particular period of my life where I felt like giving up a lot. I felt like, you know, um, it was all over in all yeah. the worst kind of ways. You know, my whole life seemed to be unraveling and like, nope, there's another round for you. Get back up. Get yeah. back up. This whole week, I've, that song's been playing in my head because like I've had it's a hell of a week at work, right? And you want to throw your little pity party. And I think about my mom who's like got COVID pneumonia and other health issues. And she's trying like arguing with her doctor to get back to work Yeah, early. And the doctor's like, no, you're taking, you're, you're off. And she's like, no, I got to get back. And he's like, I work at the same hospital as you know. Like, so anytime I throw that little pity party, I'd be like, no, there's another round. Get back up, get back up, get back. It's amazing to me how the enemy sometimes, um, he tries to convince you it's the third and final. Yeah. You just started the first round. Yeah. Suck it up, Buttercup. <laughs> right? That's that whole thing of when you realize the grand scheme yeah. and not just your own moment. I also just think it's a – this is a personal opinion. <laughs> I'm going to preface that with this is a personal opinion. You can feel differently from me. I won't hold it against you. I think there's nothing sorrier than just pitying yourself. <laughs> I think it's such a waste. Preach. I think it's such a waste of time. Preach. Like, and it's, I've done it before, and I'm I'm saying preach. 100. I'm guilty, right? I'm, I'm but, guilty of it, but, but I still think it's such a waste. It's a nauseam thing that that when you when you draw the attention, you draw the ear of others because of how poor life is to you. Yeah. And 99.9 percent of the time, you control the outcome. And all we can do is, is you can't control any information you're going to get. You can't control any details that are going to occur to you. All you can control is your response. That's right. That's it. What do you do with it? Um, Jim Mattis once said the most important six inches on the battlefields between your ears. Mm -hmm. I believe that. That's Um, in life, right? And there's a, there's a quote from Beecher that's, you know, never pity yourself, be a harsh master to yourself, lenient to others. Right, hold yourself to a higher standard than anybody could possibly hold you to. Hey, but that's I love this song because when you feel like it's all over, no, there's another round for better and for worse. When you feel like you've been beat on enough that oh the fight's got to be up, no, mm-mm. yeah, we have not yet begun to fight. Like it's the it's the the weight of the world's on your shoulders, and the world don't know that I've put more weight on my shoulders than the world has. So yeah. and I, I I hate. I hate self-pity because nine times out of ten, the way it presents itself is actually just self-loathing, and there's nothing good with that. No. So don't don't pity yourself and long for better circumstances. Look at what you got, and then get to work, get to figuring it out. And that's what I love about the song by the Foo Fighters. You know, um, there's another round for you. There's um, another round. You know, broken hearts will mend. You know, pitter patter, get to it. Yep. 
And the sooner the better, right? The more you stay in crap, the more you're going to start smelling like it. I mean, get in there and feel it. Yeah. You know, no, you gotta get you gotta go through that period of almost grief. It's grief. It's the low and whatever you want to call. It. Everybody calls it something different. It's grief. But I mean, go into it knowing that you have to come out of it. The lamenting, almost right. Yeah. There's a whole book in the Bible called Lamentations. People just. My wife's got a playlist that's like sad gospel music. That's called Lamentations, Meditations, and Lamentations. And oh I yeah, love that playlist. Yeah. I mean, I read this book about lamenting, and the guy. I mean, he talked about the positives of lamenting. I mean, the book of Psalms is a lot of that is David. How dare you forsake thee? Oh, but you are God, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> like you've turned your back on me, I, and look where I'm at. I just, but you're still great. <laughs> it's just, it's like he walks out on the balcony, shakes his fist to the sky, walks back inside, and it and thunders. Comes back out, and he's like, "But you're still God." <laughs> it starts thundering. <laughs> but you're still the big man. Oh, well, and it goes back to that Springsteen song or whatever, man. Like. If you fall in love with this like pity party, you're gonna end up that way. Because you're gonna you're gonna make you it marry good. yourself to the idea that everything sucks. Right, dude. So like, and like, then you got to divorce from the idea, which divorce sucks. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what. No matter if you know. Yeah. This is gonna be better in the long run. The analogy I heard uh, or I read it was in a book, um, "Tongue Pierced" by Nelson Searcy, one of my favorite books. Mm-hmm. Um, talked about how like. The words you speak are obviously the thoughts and the ideas that go into your mind. So when you start to clean up your language, when you start to clean up your thoughts, it's like an apartment, right? You get a new apartment, you've got all this old furniture. Well, you move all the old crap out because it stinks and has an odor and it's the language and it's the thought process, it's your mentality. You take it to the side of the curb and dump it by the dump, right? Well, you go buy some new furniture, but it's not all quite brand new yet because you can't afford all brand new. So you're sitting there going, um, maybe if I went and got that old couch, yeah. right? Everything else is brand new. You don't go get the old couch. It don't match anymore. So you got to have one or the other. You know, you're not going to mix the two. Um, you're not going to get three-day-old meat and mix it with fresh cut, right? No. Especially once it's got smell and odor and, like, you just don't do things. Like, Dude, oh, oh well, like, this is good and this is bad. It'll be all right. It'll blend off. That's not how it works, that's, folks. That's that's not how freshness or, or cleanliness or whatever works. And yeah, like, I, I kind of off the top of my head, I just love to cook. So that was my thought. Like, hey, I do, too. I do, too. And I if, think it goes, if it goes analogy, bad, like, yeah. It's bad. There's no saving. Once that chicken has a smell to it, throw it away. No, but I, th- I think there's also... You can go, fry it a little hotter. Go into the period of lamenting knowing that you have not that you will come out of it you have to come out of it you have to and as always if you're depressed if you if you are struggling find help reach out to somebody and somebody might be phone call text message but make sure it's the right help well and there there will be there will be that voice in your head that says nobody cares and that's a lie somebody somewhere cares about you and if they Bill Withers said lean on me right and if I'm if it's you if you're my buddy lean on me yeah. if that ugly voice in your head says nobody cares find that person that knows right find that person that when you call and say hey it ain't going well or hey this is my thought because some people is going to be like oh okay well you talk about um, you and Terry man Terry, yeah. Terry talks about having his little pity party <laughs> does it get easier and you're like Dude, I, just, I lost my parents find somebody who's not going to let you sit in it yeah, and reach out because like that's my favorite thing about my my brother Brody is Brody will not let me pity myself. Yeah, if I feel like 
and that's for good and for bad. Yeah. Like in some instances, like find a real friend. Cause that's what a real friend is. Find a real brother or sister because that's what those, because those that do not allow you to sit in it. That's, that's the one. That's the ones you want because too many times you find yourself, Oh, this is my best friend. Yeah. When you have the worst day of your life, they sit and let you stew in it. Yeah. And so many, so many times, like, they, they mean you, well. With but. you, that's my, my favorite thing about the amount of history we have. We've been friends 20 years almost. Like, if I feel like I'm having a pity party and I call you, you're going to be like, dude, you're going to get through this because you've been through way worse. Yeah, like, like, and Ma- Maddie. Let's go Let's go through a history lesson, right? Like, day one, this yeah, sucks. Here's Brett pulls out like a 300-page notebook. He's like, oh. That, yeah. You survived a tornado. You survived your parents' ugly divorce. You survived death. You survived motorcycle accidents. You survived <laughs> being a nomad and moving here and there and drifting right. apart. Maddie does this thing where he says uh, it's like nihilistic optimism. You're going to be okay. You have no choice. Uh, yeah. And I love that because it's like, I guess I am because the only other choice is to lay down and die. The, and we the, don't do that. In the book of Acts, uh, I shared it last night with the group, but one of my favorite things I ever had seen before, right? Like you read the book of Acts and people are like, oh, well, you know, Pentecost, that's great. Great stuff, right? Oh, I love it. Yeah. That's awesome, right? Good stuff, but there's a moment. I'm going to turn to it. Someone will read it word for word. Um, and to me, it, it, kind of what you just said with, with Matt, right? It's the, what do you say? He says, you're going you're gonna to be okay. You have no choice. You have no choice, right? When you give yourself a choice, eh, you might begin to say, well, um, Acts 26, Paul, mm. <laughs> verse 2. I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because today I shall answer for myself before you're concerning all the things of which I am accused of by the Jews. The first, I think myself happy. Everything leading up to this, um, Paul, you know, everything he'd been going through, he'd been accused, um, he appeals to Caesar, um, dealing with uh, the Romans, urged to make peace, all these, everything going on in this journey. Paul knows, you know, everything that's, if you finish the book, you know where Paul what leads to. But in this moment, he goes before King Agrippa and he's like, I think myself happy. Yeah. Like to hell with the rest of what's going on, but I'm happy as can be to be here before you to give my own word for what's going on. To what just share. And it's like yeah, in dude. life, you have to think yourself happy. Well, he Philippians 4.13, man, he's not talking about lifting weights, but he says, I've learned the secret to being content. Yep. And it has nothing to do with my circumstances and everything to do with my like response to the circumstance. I think myself happy. I think myself You're happy. in jail. You're, you're accused of these things that could get you crucified. I'm good the with The great you. thing about him being in jail, especially with uh, like before the Romans and all that, like this, a, a deeper study in this, he drove the guards crazy because they would do like 12 or 24 hour shifts to watch him. He wasn't like in a jail cell. He was like, because of his citizenship, he actually had like a house, right? He yeah, wasn't yeah, like, yeah. So he's like standing at the window going, let me tell you about what Jesus did. <laughs> and this guy's like, for the love of Pete, please be quiet. Why couldn't I have I got Peter? Like, y'all said Paul and I, I'd rather have a Peter. <laughs> um, anyways, before we... <laughs> they're, like, they're like standing guard and he just leans to the window and he's like, have you heard about Jesus? They're like, shut up, Paul. <laughs> We've heard enough of this. It's like, all right, go ahead and give your testament, your testament to what happened. And he's like standing on top of the roof, and everybody starts coming around. He's pretty much preaching. Yeah, like it's like yeah. he's like, give your account of what took place. Well, on let the, me tell you about my friend God. On the third day, the Son of God come before John the Baptist, and he got dipped in this water, and you know, and it's just like, oh my goodness. 
Um, my last and final song, people are going to cringe, and I can't wait, right? Creed, right? I, I love Creed. I'm going to preface this with saying I'm not a huge Creed fan, but three out of four members of Creed went on to make the best rock band of the 2000s, Alter Bridge, and Mark Tremonti, the guitarist for Creed, the guitarist for Alter Bridge, the guitarist in his own speed metal band, is probably the greatest guitarist of the modern era. And if you disagree with me, you don't actually play guitar. <laughs> Um, so I guess the other guy would have been Scott Stadler would have been the one who was... Well, Scott Stapp's a crazy, so... Um, <laughs> he's, he's definitely a crazy. And, um, and, okay, that's that's hurtful. Like, legitimately mental health issues, and he's a poster child for getting help. Early. Yes, yes, no doubt, man. Continue with your song. Um, I think, um, I read a story where he, like, fell off a balcony. Trying to kill himself. And T.I. witnessed it. And he saw T.I.'s Alabama hat, and he said, hey, bud, roll tide. Yeah. T.I. looked up and saw Scott Stapp's, like, broken body and called yeah. the paramedics. Yeah, called paramedics. Like, that's the crazy, I read that, I was like, what? <laughs> um, anyways, um, Weathered by Creed, um, the words, the lyrics, um, everything about the song. Uh, I'm going to share two of my favorite parts of the song, though. Um, the sun shines, and I can't avoid the light. I think I'm holding on to life a little too tight. Ashes to ashes and dust to dust. Sometimes I feel like giving up. Yeah, I said sometimes I feel like giving up. And then, you know, he hits, I'm rusted in weather. But then he comes back and hits this, bro. The day reminds me of you. The night hides your truth. The earth is a voice speaking to you. Taking all this pride and leaving it behind. Because one day it ends, one day we die. Believe what you will. That is your right. But I choose to win and I choose to fight. To yeah. fight. And to me, when I listen to this song, it's like my emotions come up and it's like perseverance, right? We are rusted in weather, barely holding together. Skin's peeling, right? But... You go through life, you go through experience, and you change. And you choose, just like we said a minute, you choose to think yourself happy or to think yourself sad. I think myself happy. I think myself happy. Um, sunshines and rainbows ain't going to be there for everybody. Heck, sometimes they aggravate the crap out of me. <laughs> well, one of the things I kind of like about the concept of like weathered, right? I love a good patina. I love a good rust. I love a good... So when, like when I go to motorcycle shows or car shows or whatever, the show cars are cool, but I would much rather see some dude in like a '68 Mustang that drives it every day, a yeah. little bit of rust on it, a dude in a '47 knucklehead Harley that it's beat up because it's a hundred years old, and you go, oh, dude, this dude loves it. And I think as a human, I like a little weathering on my people. Come on, I like to look at somebody and go, he's got some scars. Well, you don't present yourself as something you're not. None of us are perfect. None of us are, you know. So you don't have that fake resume with bullets because you've been through. You've had, you got real bullets, right? Here at the Talk of Sheep podcast, we crave authenticity, man. Come on, man. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Weather, perseverance. Not my favorite Creed song, but it's a, it's a one of like five Creed songs. So now, when you, so now when you listen to it again, just. I'm going to listen to it Yeah, bro, because I'm telling you. Uh, it's good. You know what? I'm going to add it to the dumpster fire playlist right now. What we do, uh, what, what Brandon and I will do, and I'll do it even for mine and John's episode um, with the country songs. I'll, I'll drop a list of the songs on the Facebook page as well as the Instagram. And for anybody who wants to go piggyback, heck, I might even start a playlist on Spotify and just share the playlist. Hey, you know. Yeah. Go, go see what you can get some life lessons through some songs. Because um, Weathered was their 
third album. Was it yeah. Last, it was their last album yeah, before the last, Full Circle. Yeah, that's right. Before they come back with the, the rehash in like 06. Well, because like Scott Sabin started getting some help and they were like, oh, we can try to do Creed again. And then he was like, cool, you guys can quit doing Alter Bridge. And they were like, no, dude. Yeah, like. <laughs> that ain't happening. Like, we, we, we've surpassed you. We've right? sold out Wembley Stadium like 19 times. No, dude. Yeah. No, see, I never fell in love with Alter Bridge. I kind of transitioned in my music taste. But yeah. Um, and I mean, My Sacrifice was a great song on that album. Uh, so, and that was all because of wrestling videos, right? They had the old um, Desire videos, WWF. If you're an old school wrestling fan, hit up YouTube, WWF Desire, My Sacrifice, and you will not be disappointed. If um, you're an old school, like if you're a 90s wrestling fan. Okay, um, so here's my, my our, our bookend question. Oh, I'm gonna bookend. Hit you, I'm going to hit you with it, and then I've been thinking about my answer to it, so this is a little unfair. All right, so if you're in a bad mood, what's the one song guaranteed to get you out? <laughs> wow, there's a lot of those. And typically, I go to worship music. All right, so let's say secular music. Secular music. Um, what's the what's the why am I upset? Is mm. it relationship? Is it work? Is it life? Just life in general. Just life in general. I don't think it'd be specific. Um, "Lean on Me" by Bill Withers is one because I always know I got people to lean on. Okay. And it's a reminder. Um, I would probably say Happy by Pharrell Williams. Because, really? Because I'm happy. Well, you know, like, you just, yeah. you can't listen to stuff like that. And um, what was the other song that Justin Timberlake did that they used in the Trolls movie? Um, can't Stop This Feeling. Can't Stop This Feeling. My wife listens to the Trolls like, soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, Tatum loves Trolls, so I, she's got like the little um, audio recorded microphone. <laughs> so it's like, you just randomly hear... The, the troll chick singing in the background, and I'm like, oh, my God. It's Anna Kendrick in the background. That's all it is. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. And as bad as your mood is, music alters that, yeah. you know. Okay, so mine, uh, Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. Because Top Gun, dude, like Kenny Loggins. Um Drift Away. I just feel like you can't hear it and not just be mellow. And then uh, Wilson Pickett's cover of Hey Jude, because that dude gets down on it. That puts me in a pretty good mood every time I hear it. Um, and then something like if, something that makes me think of my wife or something like that. Yeah, right. No, it's like all the romantic things that you go to with the um, overcoming or love. Yeah. I'm really big into the, the drive, the personal drive, the... Uh, motivational music. I used to be more into the um, rap and yeah. murder music and drug music in the gym. That was what motivated me in the gym, right? And then I realized that I could also get motivated from things that you know inspire me to do good. Um, so different, I know, but yeah, yeah man. I, I mean, to me, music and I, I, I've got. Over 15,000 songs on my Spotify playlist collectively. I've got plenty of music. Like, yeah. finding a song to inspire me and make me happy or get me out of Not a Not hard to do. Narrowing it down is hard yeah, to do. Yeah, like, where am I at? Typically, I call somebody. I let them tell me how stupid it is to be in those those feelings. Yeah. Or um, RJ, my pastor, he's Mr. Positivity. So it's like, call him. And, and like, sometimes it aggravates. I've said that, shared that before. Like, so positive that it's aggravating. But then it's like, is it true? Like, dang. 
Yeah. I kind of, dude. I, I'm You're crying like, over spilt milk. Like, yes, but it's spilt milk. Yes. Yeah. Either clean it up or it's going to evaporate. Yeah. Then you might have to clean up some sticky. But guess what? It, I there's The older I get, the more I just have kind of... I think one of the most important tools in your arsenal can be just accepting the situation as it comes to you and not trying to be like, well, if it was perfect, like, well, it's not perfect. It's not going to be perfect. Accept it as it is and clean up the spilled milk. Yes, sir. Otherwise, you're going to have to deal with, you know, curdled milk and... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, that's it. Let's, that's wrap, it. let's wrap this one up. Right. Life lessons learned through music. I am Brett Nobles. This is Brandon Presnall, the big man. Yep. We are the Talk of Sheep Podcast. Till next time, God bless. Take care.